0: personnel incoming podcast this is mash matters hey jeff Hey, Ryan. 61 looks pretty good on us, don't you think? Yeah, I'm I'm going to start looking around for plastic surgeons, but yeah, <laughs> looks better on you than it does me. Thank you. I
1: appreciate that. Sure. Now, episode 61. I can't believe we're, we're this far along. I mean, it just seems like yesterday we were starting uh, episode number one and not having a real clue of what we were doing, and here we are in episode 61, and we still don't have a clue what we're doing.
0: <laughs> Absolutely none whatsoever.
1: But we're having a good but time doing it. We
0: darn well are, and regardless of the... two or three people who are listening, it doesn't matter. We're having fun. (laughs) And so poo poo to everybody who's not listening. Jeff, I was going through our master list of questions. Yep.
1: Every time we answer uh, like three questions, we'll get seven new ones. (laughs) And I'm not complaining. I love the fact that people just keep coming up with new things to ask us and the messages we get and the stories we get are just so wonderful. Keep them coming. But right now, looking at our master list, not including the questions we're going to answer today, we still have well over 100 questions (laughs) and comments that we have not gotten to yet. So if you've sent us a question or a comment in the past uh, and you've wondered, well, I guess these guys just are never going to answer it. Maybe we will. Yeah. I mean, it might be like five years from now. It might be epic episode 361 before we get to your question, but we hope that we can get to it
0: eventually. If you're 40 now, you may be 61 when (laughs) we answer your question.
1: (laughs) So we had an episode, a few episodes back, episode 57, we did an entire episode of unanswerable questions. And we said, hey, if you know any of the answers to these questions, let us know. We'll send you a sticker or something. (laughs) (laughs) And we did get a few people who answered a couple of questions for us. The most popular question was the question about banana daiquiris. (laughs) I mentioned that I could not remember whether or not there was another reference to banana daiquiris in the series. It seemed in my mind that I remembered somebody saying banana daiquiris, but I couldn't remember who. Well, Mark, Lydia, and Jamie—Jamie's over in the UK—all sent us an email and said, "Hey, we know that Banana Daiquiri was also mentioned in Season Six, Episode Twenty-Three, Mail Call Three, and it was mentioned by Klinger."
0: You know, Colonel, there are a lot more women than there are guys in America. True. And the women got most of the money—stocks, bonds, stuff like that. Right. So there's gotta be a rich, beautiful dame out there for an attractive lunatic like me. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm in
1: the mood for? A banana daiquiri. There you go. There you go. I knew banana daiquiris were mentioned somewhere else, but I just just could not remember where. So thank you, Mark, Lydia, and Jamie for that. And also Thomas, he sent us an email saying, hey, Jeff and Ryan, I may have an answer why the banana daiquiri was prevalent during the series. During World War II, rationing made whiskey and vodka hard to get, but rum was still easy to find. Along with the Pan-American agreement brought a rise in Latin culture, it's possible that Henry fell in love with the drink at the height of its popularity. Wow. There you go.
0: Interesting. Didn't know that. So that puts the banana daiquiri issue to rest. Good night, banana daiquiri, wherever you are. (laughs) And Eric, one of our wonderful Patreon VIPs, has written, and he says, As I have written before, I have a collection of MASH scripts, and after your most recent episode of Unanswered Questions, I thought I might be able to answer one. For the episode Bombed, I have a copy of the script, and on page 17, the line appears as... Hot Cherokees, spelled like the Cherokee tribe, but with the emphasis placed on the O. Mm -hmm. I have Googled various spellings of this expression and have come up with nothing. What you may find interesting is that in this draft of the script, dated September 30th, 1974, the exchange was written for Igor and Radar instead of Klinger and Radar. Perhaps Jeff was unavailable for filming that day, so they gave the lines to Klinger instead. Thought I'd give you an update. Well, that is interesting. I'm gonna have to yell at Klinger. <laughs> Wait a minute. How dare somebody take my line?
1: Thank you, Eric, for sending us pictures too of the script. We will post a picture of that in the show notes so you can see the original script. Yeah, it says right there, Igor was the one who was supposed to say that. Did that happen often where somebody was written to get one particular line and then maybe it was availability or for whatever reason, that line was given to somebody else, but maybe it wasn't changed in the script? Did that
0: happen occasionally? Uh, To my knowledge, no. No. Uh, I don't ever remember seeing that. And uh, I don't know why this particular situation happened. Perhaps I wasn't available. That was, it's entirely possible because I did do other stuff. So I might not have been around.
1: Well, thank you again, Mark, Lydia, Jamie, Thomas, Eric, uh, send us your mailing address. We'll send you some stickers or something, you know? Uh, well, Eric's one of our Patreon VIPs. He already has stickers, I think so, but uh, we can send you some more if you want, if you want more stickers. <laughs> a couple of other people though, Michael wrote us and said he thought Trapper ordered a banana daiquiri at the bar when they met Dr. Borelli in the consultant. And I went back and reviewed that episode. Upon further review, Trapper actually orders a zombie. Now, Don't start asking us questions about why the zombie was so prevalent in MASH episodes. We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And then Jason also sent us an email. We were talking about the episode Point of View, and he says to his ear, the voice actor sounded almost exactly like the actor that played Sergeant Jerry Nielsen, the medic that lost his memory in the Billfold syndrome. He says, if you listen to the very first part of Point of View, you hear the actor's voice before the fighting and the explosion start, then compare that voice to the actor that played on the Billfold syndrome just for fun. And so I did. Let me play you a little clip here. This is Kevin Gere from The Billfold Syndrome.
2: Stevie. I gotta find Stevie. Where is he? I gotta find him. I gotta find him. Lieutenant, have you seen my brother?
1: That's him playing Jerry Nielsen. Now, here is the voice of the actor playing the character in Point of View.
2: So take a couple giant steps, Fergie.
1: Okay. At first listen, yes, I agree with Jason that, yeah, it does sound much like the same actor, but I don't know for sure. I mean, it's possible they were both in the same season, so it is possible that they used his voice again, or it could just be an amazing coincidence at the same time. So it's kind of inconclusive, really, but it would be nice if uh, if we knew for sure. So if anybody knows if he was the voice of the actor in Point of View, let us know and we'll send you a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you man these stickers are like gold
0: they are <laughs> people boy, want oh these i <laughs> i hope this is cleared up because the tension is palpable for me
1: all right and then we have a little bit of uh housekeeping from episode 58 too jeff
0: john says i was just listening to episode 58 where the question of whether igor was a cook or a food server was brought up jeff indicated that igor was never actually a cook However, in one of my favorite episodes, A War for All Seasons, Igor clearly was a cook, as he was the one who creamed Father Mulcahy's corn, which forever gave his character the title of corn ninny in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Igor even states that, I was just trying to help. Next time you can eat it on the cob for all I care. (laughs) Therefore, the correct answer is that In some episodes, Igor was a food server, and in other episodes, he was a cook. I guess we should just add that to the long list of plot and characters' inconsistencies in the show. Well, there you go. Yep. You know, these kinds of things that come up, though, you know, uh, hey, a, a food server could cook mm-hmm. uh, one day and he could be serving food the next day. Mm-hmm. So I know there was a big freakout scene where Igor says, Hey, I didn't make this stuff, right? I don't cook it. <laughs> right. And everybody yelled at him. But, you know, what the heck? Um, he probably ended up being a cook anyway. You never know.
1: I mean, everybody played double duty. I mean, there was the one episode where early in the episode, you're serving food and in the next scene, you have a head wound and you're a patient. Right. You just never know where Igor is going to be or what he's going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's very true. Before we get into our new questions, we want to give a salute to our Patreon VIPs. These are the people who are supporting the show and making this show possible. And we want to say thank you to some of our VIPs.
0: Private Martha Gabagan. Cor- Corporal Robin Peterson, Private Sarah Hahn, Captain George McClellan, Major
1: Charlie Lipset, and Major Kiranjeet Singh Budeo. You know, recently, Jeff, we had our VIP Zoom chats with Kiranjeet and Charlie and had a great time. Just a great, great time talking.
0: That was so much fun. It was so nice to meet her and it was so nice to meet all of our uh, Patreon callers too. But yeah, she was just delightful. And I I feel bad we kind of uh, tormented her new husband yeah. <laughs> <during> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that call. He wasn't there, and she actually made a call to him while we were doing the call with her. Yeah. And uh, we said that he must watch MASH more than he does. So.
1: Yes, absolutely. So maybe we'll get an update from Kiranjit on the progress of her husband. I believe his name was Samir.
0: Yeah. If you, too, would like to support the
1: show, you can go to mashmatters.com slash support. All right, Jeff, let's get to some new questions. This one coming in from George hi guys why is it that radar was never without his beanie cap another question why did none of the actors ever have military haircuts (laughs) love your podcast keep it up all right So, first of all, Radar does have scenes where he doesn't wear his cap, but a lot of times he was wearing his little beanie cap. I don't know if there's an official reason, but I'll give you my opinion. Gary Berghoff had a receding hairline and was actually older than the character he was playing. I think that's it. You know, he started the show when he was 29. He left when he was 36. He was playing somebody who was supposed to be like 18 or 19 years old. (laughs) And especially in the Goodbye Radar episode, there are several episodes where he doesn't have his hat on and And his hair has receded even further. So he really doesn't look like a teenager then. Yeah. Plus, it was a character thing. You know, it just made him look adorable.
0: Yeah. Actors will, will take, you know, various pieces of clothing and it helps them to create the character. Yeah. So that very well may be something that was uh, helpful for him to really get into the part of Radar.
1: So why did nobody ever have military haircuts, Jeff? Now, you, you <laughs> have talked a little bit in the past about your hair yep. and not wanting to cut it. And so that's one of the reasons that you wore Igor's famous cap.
0: <laughs> they asked me, they said, you know, you might to trim that up a little bit, Jeff. And I didn't want to do that because I didn't want to look like a military guy at that point because I was doing other television shows, too. I was out there auditioning as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily want to have that military look, so what I did was I pulled that cap down as far over my ears as I could, <laughs> <laughs> and shoved the hair up there to prevent them from saying, "Hey, cut your hair." Yeah. So that got me out of that problem, and I love that because
1: it, without your hair being uh, long, we may have never really gotten that hat. Right? Does Igor really exist without the hat? Without the bill flipped up? I mean, it's <laughs> that's your look.
0: Well, like I was saying with uh, Gary and the you know his beanie. That that really helped me give myself a character as well. Yeah. It really did. That that helped say who Igor was, at least to me anyway. Yeah. All right. From Philip Raven. He sent us a wonderful email. I'm going to read this. I'm not going to go into, well, this will make sense in a minute. But he says, hi, Jeff and Ryan. Thanks for the wonderful podcast and for doing such an admirable job of incorporating your fans into the show. My story is like many others. I watched MASH with my dad when I was younger, and I'm a fan now. I look forward to the day when my daughter and son are old enough to enjoy it as well. I am an English teacher, and I use MASH to teach short story structure. Mm. The episode I use is None Like It Hot, since there are three distinct plots in that episode for our students to track. Jeff, you'll appreciate that your delivery of You Want Green, Have the Liver In that episode, always gets a laugh from the students. (laughs) Well, that's nice. (laughs) Please have the students send me my residuals uh, individually. (laughs) I will take that. As an admirer of the podcast, I was particularly struck by episode 14, Kelly Nakahara. As a fan of her and the show, I'm thankful for Hey, Look Me Over. It got me thinking about what a Private Igor episode would be like. I've never written a treatment for an episode before, but I gave it a try and created a plot I think could work. Feel free to read it if you like. I just wanted to show that at least one MASH fan feels that an Igor episode would definitely have been possible. If you don't like my ideas, you are welcome to print off the episode idea and use it to line your birdcage. <laughs> His episode is named Paging Dr. Igor. Igor. So it's very interesting. I'm not going to read it. It's kind of long, but I thank you, uh, Philip, for writing that. I think that's really cool. The episode is really fun. Uh, just uh, briefly, it's about Igor, who uh, somehow is mistaken for being a doctor. Uh, he and Klinger have a little adventure and a journey, and he is a doctor, and he uses Klinger as his nurse, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> so I really thank you. You know, I don't know, Ryan, maybe we can post that up on our uh, on our site. Maybe that would be kind of fun.
1: Yeah, we could do that. We will put that up on the show notes for this episode. Just go to matchmatters.com and look for episode 61, click on the link, and you can pull up the show notes and you can read Philip's treatment for his episode about Igor as a doctor. I also find it fascinating that he's an English teacher and that he uses MASH to teach story structure. That episode, None Like It Hot, great episode. And that was written by Ken Levine and David Isaac. So maybe we'll pass along to Ken and David that there's an English teacher out there named Philip who is using their script to teach story structure to his students.
0: Yeah, great idea. Yeah, Yeah. it was fun. Thank you, Philip. That was a lot of fun to read. And uh, just expect no royalties, however, from uh, us putting that uh, (laughs) your episode out. <laughs> ain't going to happen.
1: From Edward. Hello. I started listening to the podcast during quarantine and I absolutely love it. I just listened to the Rob Kelly episode and I just had to let you know that I also utilized the Calter method of cataloging VHS recordings of reruns growing up. I recorded episodes that aired on FX religiously. If memory serves, they used to air several episodes back to back, so I would always record them and got very good at stopping and starting the recording just in time to cut out the commercial breaks. Just as Rob described, there was one episode I could never seem to catch. In fact, for the longest time, I had never seen it. The episode was Major Topper, and it became my white whale. Calter's book allowed me to confirm that I had seen every single episode except that one. It haunted me. It did finally air one day and I recorded it and added it to my library I wonder how many other M.A.S.H. fans employed the Calter method. Thank you again for the great work on this podcast. All right, so if you haven't listened to our episode with Rob Kelly and you don't know what the Calter method is, allow me to explain. There is a book called The Complete Book of M.A.S.H. by Susie Coulter. It was written many years ago. Fantastic book. I don't believe it's in print anymore, but you can find copies on eBay, and it's it's a great resource for M.A.S.H. fans. I had a copy of The Complete Book of M.A.S.H mash so did rob kelly who hosts a podcast called mashcast and when i would record an episode i would go in that book and i would highlight it and i would make a notation of which vhs tape it was on and then so i had you know like 30 or 40 vhs tapes of mash episodes and i could go and see oh this is the third episode on this vhs tape And kids, if you're listening and you want to know what a VHS tape is, just Google it. (laughs) It's an antique. It'll show up on Antiques Roadshow eventually, but that's what VHS is. We we refer to it jokingly as the Calter method. I love hearing stories knowing that something I thought that I was doing by myself when I was growing up watching MASH was also the same method that Edward and Rob and everybody were using also to keep track of the show. Speaking of Rob Kelly and MASHcast, we recently recorded an episode with Rob uh, for his podcast, MASHCAST, uh, where we talk about the episode Soldier of the Month. So you couldn't be listening for that as well. That was a lot of fun.
0: It was a lot of fun. He's terrific. It was great fun being on his podcast. Yeah. He's a great guy. Rob's a good guy. Yeah, he is. And you know, I originally thought the Calter method was some sort of marriage uh, enhancement book or something, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you explained that because I was a little confused.
1: Let's go to our phone lines. Here's a voicemail from David.
2: Yes. Hello. My name is David and I'm from Southern Indiana. I just caught episode one of your podcast. Loved it. Loved it. You guys did a great job. I'm 52 years old and and I grew up with MASH and I just, it means so much to me. I look back on that growing up with fond memories and still watch it to this day. Um, Just love it. You guys are doing a great job. One thing, my question is, are you still doing the podcast? I, I could look it up. I wasn't sure of the date. I, I think you guys started this around 2018 or so. I need to Google it and look it up and see if you're still going. But anyway, I just want to let you know, caught episode one, and uh, I definitely love it and looking forward to listening to many more.
1: So, Jeff, uh, yeah. I guess the <laughs> yes question is,
2: are,
0: are we still doing this podcast? I'm not sure. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Let's call him and find out. Maybe maybe he can help us.
1: I guess we could call wow. him and let him yeah. know that we're still doing the podcast, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I mean, wow. I feel bad that he doesn't know that we're still doing it. I mean, we could try
0: calling him. We could call him. <laughs> let's call him now. All right. Let's try this. Let's try giving David a call. Yeah.
1: I, I, this might sound weird. So uh, apologies. Okay. Yeah. This is off the cuff. Yeah. We did not plan this. So, uh, from a technical standpoint, this might be the audio equivalent of a dumpster fire. But let's let's give it a shot. <laughs> Calling David. Hello. Hi, is this David?
2: Yeah, Ryan Patrick.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm watching oh. Ash right now. <laughs> You're watching Ash <laughs> right now. I, I am. That's so cool. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, let me let me blow your mind a little further, David. Okay. Uh, I have also with me here Jeff Maxwell. Hello, Jeff. Oh, my
0: Hey, David. Nice to talk to you. This
1: is so cool. I wish my wife was here. She, she just stepped out. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, this
0: is so cool. We're very, very excited to tell you that we're about to do episode number two, which is going to be pretty darn cool. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, I think you're closer to sixty two. Right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, yes.
0: Well, as a matter of fact, and uh
1: David, I probably should have told you this right after you answered. We're we're actually recording episode sixty one right now and oh, my gosh. and, and you're great. on it. Oh my gosh. Well, hello world. This is fantastic. That's so amazing. in fact, Igor or Igor uh, Jeff, I've got your book. I
2: know you said to wait a while, and I forgot, and Amazon just delivered it just, uh, yesterday, and I've got it in my hand right now.
1: <laughs> cool. Well, right, you're watching you. MASH. You've got the book in your... I mean, you're having like the ultimate MASH experience right now. <laughs> exactly. And my wife actually said, I think
0: you're a little obsessed. <laughs> she said that like... Three hours ago. Well, you
1: know, (laughs) if you're going to be obsessed about something, this is a pretty good obsession to have. Oh my gosh,
0: this is amazing. This is so
2: cool.
1: Well, David, thank you again for your voicemail. And uh, we just wanted to give you a call and let you know that, yes, we are still doing the podcast and we hope to continue doing it for a long time.
2: Yeah, well,
0: thank you so much. I tell you what, I, uh, Oh my gosh, I don't know what to say. I just I fifty two years old. I've just kind of discovered podcasts. Yeah. And uh, it was kinda of new at it when I was listening to the first few of your episodes, and then I kinda of googled it and realized that after I sent you the voicemail that yes, you guys are still doing it and going strong. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Well,
1: your voicemail brought a smile to my face. Thank you for discovering the podcast and
0: listening, and thank you for being a great MASH fan. Well, thank you guys so much for calling me. I, I just
1: it's awesome. So
0: thank you so much. i just <laughs> David, What's your wife's name? Jessica. Jessica. Well, please tell Jessica hello from us. Tell her that if she, uh, we can send you to a good psychiatrist if she feels that you're too obsessed. We have some names. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I, I want to recommend uh, you now have that book and that's okay. And I highly recommend The Gas Passer Chili. This is so weird. I, I was on that page just like five hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> well you yeah.
1: might like it i don't know if jessica will like being around you, after <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah all right dave we got to run but thank you so much for listening oh. and uh, thank you for your voicemail really appreciate it
0: okay thank you guys so much okay appreciate it take care <laughs> that was fun that was that great was fun. That, was fun. <laughs> that was
1: fun yeah <laughs>
0: Where were we? Uh, Oh, yeah. Let's see.
1: Let's move on.
0: Let's move on. Am I on Jesse? I think so. Yes. Hi, guys. Only recently found your podcast, and I'm really enjoying it. I thought I'd send my first question. I'm guessing Ryan might know this. Hmm. One of my favorite parts of any show or movie is the soundtrack, and MASH's background music is just burned into my memory. Some very great pieces across those 11 seasons. Would you have any info about who composed it? where it was done, and was this ever released for the public? I've never seen anything. No LP, no CD, no download. Thanks for your time.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. Anytime we get a message in from a listener who says, I'm sure Ryan will know this. (laughs) Nine times out of 10, I don't. But I do have an answer for Jesse on this one. Now, I'm not going to tell you that I know who exactly was behind all of the background music for MASH. Now, of course, Johnny Mandel was responsible for the main theme and was also responsible for much of the music that was used in at least season one. Beyond that, I don't know if Johnny Mandel had his uh, hand on everything, you know, composing and conducting. Lionel Newman was the music supervisor. And if you are interested in that, go do a deep dive on Lionel Newman, because my goodness, that man has a career that you would not believe. But Jesse says, I've never seen anything, no LP, no CD, no download. There is a CD of MASH background music, believe it or not. It was released in 2018, but you really have to know what it is to find it. There was a CD, it was put out, that was a CD of Johnny Mandel music. It encompasses three different projects that he worked for. One of them was called The Seven Ups, which was a film that starred Roy Scheider. Then there was a much more well-known film called The Verdict, which starred Paul Newman. And then there's also music from MASH, all the music on this one particular CD. It's called The Verdict, The Seven Ups, MASH by Johnny Mandel. I will put a link in the show notes to the website where you can find this. CD. I don't know if it's still available. I think it is because it looks like you can still order it on the website. Now, on this CD, it features eight pieces of background music from MASH. Actually, it features the main theme, the end title, and then six other pieces of background music from MASH. This is some background music from Germ Warfare. Here's some music from I Hate a Mystery. So yeah, so there is a CD out there of some background music from MASH, as you can hear right there. It's really fascinating to listen to the music by itself. It's been such a part of my life in the background of my favorite show. But until you isolate it and just listen to the music, you start to hear certain themes repeating and you find him also weaving the MASH theme into the background music. And I had never noticed that before until I listened to the music by itself. Kritzerland.com, k r i t z e r Land.com is where you can find this CD. We'll put a link in the show notes. But if you're interested in uh, finding this CD of MASH background music, Jesse, that's where you can find it.
0: Wow. Jesse, are you lucky or what? Is this a world uh, of information here at MASH Matters? (laughs) Boy, oh boy.
1: Now, Nancy also sent us a message, a follow-up question about music. Nancy says, I have discovered your podcast i have started at the beginning. Since I'm a little behind, I wonder if you know who played the opening guitar of the theme song. The intro always makes me sad and happy at the same time. I find great joy in your humor and warmth as you share the MASH stories. Thank you, Nancy. We appreciate that. The answer to your question, Nancy, of who played the opening guitar is I have no idea. There you go. Like I said, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But if somebody knows someone who is the son or daughter of someone who was neighbors with the person who played the opening notes on the guitar in the main title, let us know. We'll send you a sticker.
0: Very good guitar player. Very good. Oftentimes,
1: those were just studio musicians. Yes. You don't know them by name, but they played on everything. Yeah. That same person who played the opening probably played the opening of many other songs that you know. You just don't know who that person is.
0: My mother, the car. I bet you he could have played on that.
2: But believe
1: it or not, my mother, dear, decided she'd come back. (laughs) As a
0: car. <laughs> so, our good friend Sally writes, Hi, Jeff and Ryan. My name is Sally, and I live in Lafayette, Colorado. I have watched MASH with my dad pretty much since I was born. Wow. Uh, he has talked <laughs> He's talked about how when I was a baby, he would sit in his chair with me and watch MASH as I was wrapped in a burrito.
1: <laughs> I'm kind of hungry now. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I am too. Yeah. I am only 13 years old. Hmm. It reminded me of how you asked kids to let you know if we watch MASH. So here I am telling you. (laughs) She's doing that because she's a kid. I know that a lot of kids don't have a clue as to what MASH is. I wear my MASH shirt to school almost every day, and the only person who understands it is my social studies teacher. Oh, (laughs) gosh. Yikes. (laughs) Well, maybe it's because you're wearing it every day. (laughs) Oddly enough, my least favorite character used to be Father Mulcahy. I always used to be scared of him because of his angry mood swings. Wow. Anyways, Jeff, I was wondering if you made any really good friends with people who worked in stuff like craft services or script printing. Hmm. Thanks for taking time to read this. I really admire you, Jeff and Ryan. I hope you continue to do the podcast because it has been such a big part of my life. That's really sweet, Sally. Thank you very much. We appreciate those very nice words. And your question, did I make friends with people like in craft services or script printing? Absolutely, I did. There was a great guy in craft services on Mesh he was there a number of years and he was the guy craft services that you know where you go to get coffee and donuts and little M&Ms and stuff so you can take a break and go over there and get some goodies to eat during the day they do other things, but that's kind of the thing that everybody knows them for, is going to get the M&Ms and the oranges and tea and whatever. <laughs> yeah. He was a great guy. He actually ended up uh, forming a comedy team and uh, sort of went off and, and uh, you know, did his own thing and tried to be a, a comedian. So he was a really good guy.
1: His name was Jerry Lewis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he did very well, that boy. <laughs> and there's another name, uh, Sally. Sally, your friends, or you may not know who that is, <laughs> so, but you can Google Jerry, find out. I bet,
1: I bet Sally does. I bet Sally, if okay. she doesn't, at least her social studies teacher knows. Yeah. You know.
0: And script printing, many years ago, when I first got a job at 20th Century Fox, I used to work in the script printing department. So I had a lot of friends in script printing and I still do. So yes and yes. Yeah. And we're gonna continue to do this podcast, I think, aren't we?
1: Well, we told David we were, so yeah. we have to, I think. <laughs> we yeah. Have to. yeah.
0: We're committed.
1: Sally, thank you. It is such a joy to hear from kids. Yep. Who are watching the show understanding how awesome the show is you don't just have to you know watch influencers on youtube there are so many things out there that might be older but are still just as awesome as what's being put out today and mash is one of those so sally thank you for being an ambassador for kids your age keep wearing that t-shirt to school and keep wearing that burrito yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> burritos M&M's. I am so freaking hungry right now. Yeah, I am hungry right now from Pat. Pat says, Hey guys, great podcast. Just recently stumbled across it. Listening to you talk. I remembered a scene in St. Elsewhere that referenced mash. I can't remember it word for word or which episode, but there was a doctor in the coroner's office who reviewing a patient with a very familiar name not sure if you've discussed this before or if you're aware of it in my opinion what separates mash from shows at the time or even today is the way they can do a scene without any cuts one that comes to mind is when sydney was walking with hawkeye in the final episode that scene was over two minutes without an edit many more examples can be seen during the run of the show keep up the good work take care thank you pat for that And yeah, there are some amazing shots. And of course, I mean, when you put a camera on Alan Alda and Alan Arbus, they probably could have kept walking and talking. Even if it wasn't
0: scripted, I would sit and watch that for hours. (laughs) Yeah, that was great. Yeah, they were terrific.
1: Yeah. So Pat references an episode of Saint Elsewhere. Now, Saint Elsewhere is a television show that ran on NBC many years ago. It was set in a hospital. That's where you first saw Denzel Washington. That's where you first saw Howie Mandel. I mean, there were a lot of big stars that came out of that show. And I had heard something about this years ago, but then I had forgotten about it until Pat brought it up. There is a MASH reference in an episode of Saint Elsewhere, and I was able to track it down. This is episode 22 of season six of Saint Elsewhere. The episode title is The Last One. Here is a clip of (laughs) a doctor in the coroner's office reviewing patient
2: patient 4077 Blake henry cause of death thought to be injury sustained in a helicopter crash
0: that is amazing you know i after hearing that i kind of kind of remember that i think that was a a little topic of conversation back then i kind of remember that happened that was
1: amazing my mind is blown yeah That episode came out in 1988, so I mean, it wasn't that far removed from when the show ended, you know? And so it seems like a show that was not necessarily known for wink-wink kind of lines like St. Elsewhere would have included such a well-known reference. Yes, it, yes. I mean, It's yeah. bizarre. It seems a little bizarre, actually.
0: It, it does seem bizarre, and I misspoke when I said that was a topic of conversation because it couldn't have been a topic of conversation if it come out in 1988. So it was a, t- a topic of conversation with people that I knew after, certainly the show ended because that was in 1983. Mm-hmm. But I do remember that. I do remember having conversation and hearing that. So that's kind of interesting. It's amazing that they did that. It really is. So David says, "Hello, Jeff and Ryan." Jeff. Jeff. Jeff, I'm sure in your experience as an actor or stand-in, you participated in scenes with Bell Helicopter we're all so familiar with. What was that like out at the ranch? Was it noisy, dusty, and messy? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that was a dirt filled area Mm -hmm. and that helicopter went up and down. And when it started its blades, it was real noisy and it was real dusty and it was real messy. There were certain times, now they did wet the dirt down quite a bit Mm -hmm. uh, out there. They had a big tanker truck and they would spray water in various places when they were doing various scenes. So there wasn't tremendous dust all the time. So they did try to you know help that a little bit, but boy, it's a helicopter and it blows dirt around. (laughs) So it was loud, noisy, dusty, and messy. But it was fun. Yeah. It was great fun. And yeah. it's legitimately
1: you being around that. I mean, it wasn't like you had a stunt person filling in for Private Igor around. The, I mean, when that helicopter landed, that was you up there with it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that could have been a little dangerous, couldn't
0: it? <laughs> in <laughs> yeah. retrospect, couldn't that in have been In retrospect, a <laughs> yes, it could have been very dangerous. I wish I'd have thought about it at the time. <laughs> I was just an idiot. Oh, yeah. The helicopter come down. Okay. I mean, can't you
1: go back and retroactively sue somebody for that now? I mean, I think you can I, probably. Yeah.
0: Call to Help me. I get into the entertainment <laughs> journey out here. We
1: need everybody to go to mashmatters.com slash support for our legal fund. Yeah. yeah. I've always wondered that, too, because, I mean, the helicopter, that's a real helicopter with real blades and there are people strapped to it. And I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a thing, man. It's a thing. That's wild.
0: Hey, we were all young and wacky kids out there. What the heck? week here.
1: I think it would have been both fun and terrifying to have been strapped to one of those boards on the side.
0: No, I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I had the good sense not to do that.
2: So,
1: Alright, let's move on. Let's uh, wrap up here with another voicemail. This one coming to us from Josh.
2: Hey, uh, Jeff and Ryan. I just wanted to give you a call and thank you so much for what you do on the podcast. I love MASH. Um, my name is Josh Bell and I just moved to the Asheville, North Carolina area. I had a very tumultuous childhood growing up. So I really like to remember the positive things. And this is one of the the positive things that I came up with. I remember when I was a kid, I used to come in from playing with my friends as the sun was going down. And I can remember hearing MASH episodes playing in the den as my dad watched from his lazy chair. The intro song, A Quip from Alan Alda, who I didn't know as Hawkeye at that time. Laugh track, background music, laugh track, end titles music, intro song, and over and over and over again until my dad finally went to bed. I never cared for MASH at that time. Not because I didn't like it, I just had never watched it. Not one episode. When Dad passed away, I was heartbroken. And every night, I heard those sounds in my head over and over again. Intro song, quip from Alan laugh track, background music, laugh track, end titles music, intro song. One night, as I was crying myself to sleep, I found MASH on a streaming service. I still didn't have any strong feelings for it as I had never seen it, but I wanted to feel closer to Dad, and it felt right. I hit play on the pilot and settled into that familiar sound as choppers crested the Korean mountain range. Intro song. As I watched, enamored, Alan Alda appeared with a witty quip, the all-too-familiar laugh track. I kept watching, and tears stayed in my eyes. I was with my dad. The background music played, another laugh track. As I watched, I finally understood. I remember rolling my eyes at those who said MASH was the best television show ever. Had they seen Friends? I was wrong. MASH was so much more than a television show. In one episode, I laughed, I teared up, my heart swole. I fell in love with the relationships I watched forming on screen. I remember wishing I was in Korea with the 4077. In the middle of a war zone, Hawkeye, Trapper, Frank, Margaret, Colonel Blake, Colonel Potter, Klinger, Radar, Father Mulcahy, BJ, Charles, Sidney, they all made me want to be right there with them. This show has made my life so much better, and I'm so much better because of it. And to quote Colonel Potter, as much as my old friends meant to me, I thank you new friends, me even more, to love and friendship. I just want to thank you, Jeff, for being a part of the show, and Ryan for putting this podcast together to the both of you. Uh, this is a really amazing thing, and thank you for keeping the spirit of the show alive. Uh, I love you guys both. You feel like family. Thank you so much.
0: Well, my goodness gracious! Wow, uh, that was really spectacular, Josh. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah you know, you—I got tears in my eyes listening to you talk. Yeah, it is still uh, a revelation to me after all the years that have gone by since the show was first produced and then went off the air officially, for me to hear these kinds of stories is just an incredible experience. So I thank you for saying all those things and for writing all that. Uh, and I thank you for being so eloquent about it and for expressing it so beautifully. You had me right there with you, and uh, I had all the feelings you had. And I'm so glad that MASH was able to give you such uh, a positive, wonderful experience in your life because everybody there worked real hard to do the best they could at doing the material that we all got. And we all knew that the material was terrific and we all hoped that it would be meaningful. And hearing a wonderful message like yours, certainly proves that it was meaningful. And so it's wonderful to hear after all these years that we did our job <laughs> and, and successfully. So thank you very, very much. That was a very, very touching message, very beautifully expressed. So thank you, Josh. Yeah, it was okay, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't bad. (laughs)
1: I had to say something yeah. awkward because how do you transition from that yeah. heartfelt message into yeah. a saying, "Yeah, hey, follow us on Instagram." <laughs> <laughs> Not easy. Uh, yeah. Seriously, though, Josh, that was very special, and thank you for sharing that sentiment with us. Uh, I know it's a sentiment that's shared by many, many people, and I'm glad that you found the show, and I'm glad you found the podcast.
0: And and you're definitely family. We're
1: all family. We're all family. We are family. There you go. I got all my sisters and me.
0: Can I borrow a hundred bucks now? <laughs> Is there something families loan <laughs> people money? Don't they? Yeah. They let us crash when we're in town and feed us
1: food and, you know.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: We'll be over in a few hours, Josh.
0: Yeah, we'll be right there.
1: (laughs) Hey, yes, you can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. You can find us at matchmatters.com. You can also leave a voicemail, just like Josh did, at 513-436-4077. Just make sure you keep it under three minutes or it will cut you off. And if you would be so kind, please go and rate and review us if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts thank you to everybody who wrote us some great questions this week. We will be back with more answers to those questions or maybe more non-answers to those questions. (laughs) Regardless, keep them coming. We love hearing from you.
0: Certainly, you can be assured that we will have something to say.
1: You may not like what we have to say, but you can be assured that we'll have something to say. Jeff, this has
0: been fun. It has. Brian Patrick, thank you. Until next
1: time, here's looking up your old address.